Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Theron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh, cry, and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Prepare your hearts and enjoy this time designed just for you. All right, Farron, what kind of weird intro do you have for us today? None. We're going to be serious, like our true selves. Psych! Just (laughs) kidding! You came to the wrong place. (laughs) Plus, I just wanted to use psych. Psych. Circa 1990s. Yeah. If that was ever... (laughs) Psych was a thing. It's kind of like doi or booyah. Oh, I forgot about (laughs) doi. Gosh darn it, now I'm going to be saying that. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, this is episode 47. We are in the midst of Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable, and today we are on chapter 9. Refuse to be refused. I thought I was, I I don't, I think I was supposed to say that part and then, and then I paused weird. Awkwardly, (laughs) then I have to say something. I know, I paused awkwardly and then I realized. Oh, wait, I was supposed to read that as you were reading it. I was like, okay, good job, Farron. <laughs> See, but now you've talked. So now the quote for this chapter is... <laughs> <laughs> we try to take turns. You just can't beat the person who never gives up. Babe Ruth. I love this quote, especially because it comes from Babe Ruth. And I love that he is not only the home run king, but the strikeout king. He's, he has the most strikeouts, but he also has the most home runs, which goes to show you... If you just keep swinging, something is going to stick eventually. Kind of like swinging at a pinata. Yeah. And you actually have a <laughs> stick in your hand, so either way you get a, yeah. No, but to, <laughs> in order to beat someone, they have to quit. They have to give up. Um, and sure, like in a soccer game or a timed sport, then yes. Obviously, there's our constraints that mm-hmm. wouldn't suffice. But in general... The only way that you can lose is by quitting. Yes. So we've talked about this in the Grit miniseries, but the Will Smith treadmill talk. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. If you want to get pumped up like uh, while you're brushing your teeth or whatever the task is, it's just a quick little blip. And he talks about how it doesn't matter who you are. I will win. I will beat you on a treadmill because I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. And then at first you're like, mm, what? <laughs> And then he talks about, like, if you just have this mentality of, I am refusing to lose and I am refusing to quit, uh, everyone else is going to eventually stop. Because his mindset is super solid. So if we can have that mindset, we can achieve things like that as well. Mm -hmm. I love uh, her story she goes in. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's why I can't sleep the night before I travel somewhere because I'm afraid I'm just not going to get there and make it on time and so well I thought of you too because you hate cringeworthy stuff oh yeah so this whole story I'm like Farron must be dying reading yeah. this I said just quit just know 
just fly somewhere local. It'll be fine. Just no, and then that and everything. Just <laughs> it did remind me though of the soccer trip where we, where we had to run. Yes, run like we did. Okay, so tell this whole st- like tell the whole story. Well, all the, the only part I remember is is that we were trying to catch a flight, and like the coaches let all the players kind of go through first, and like me and my nineness. I like was like I'm willing to hang back too, and we're going through security, and we didn't even have time to put our shoes on. We just knew getting texts from people that were at the gate saying you gotta come now, and so we just grab our shoes out of the bucket, grab whatever we had, and we're running, and they're down there at the gate mm-hmm. with like personnel from the airport. Like we don't see any people coming, and we're, like, we're, and we're all dressed the same, like yes. you, there's the crowd of crimson running yes. at you. And we had to run, and literally, like, as we walked on the plane, they closed the door, and we weren't even sitting, and we were already backing up. And I was like, man, <laughs> you know you stay on the plane forever before you back up from the little yes. gate, whatever they call it. Yes. Oh, that was awful. Fun times. So, same thing happened to my friend Marie, <laughs> sort of, except, uh, yeah, running late. She was doing some work stuff, running late. Take it away. So... Marie and her husband, Josh, they had both just worked, worked, worked. They were in desperate need of some quality time. So they had always talked about going to Barcelona. So she gets their cal- their calendars together and there's only this four-day window where they can go to Barcelona. So they're like, cool, book it, let's go. So they get to check their bags and the lady said, I'm so sorry, but you have to check your bags an hour before if you want to get them on. So you're not going to make this flight with these bags and she was like okay um what about tomorrow and she's like we can't we can't have another flight they're all full until two days from now and she's like so we'd miss our trip so that's not gonna work so they went and bought carry-on bags shoved as much stuff in there as they could fun fact they you can wear as much stuff too so if you're ever in this situation, put on all your jackets, put on your heaviest clothes, put on your biggest shoes. Like you can layer up. You can do all of that if you need to minimize your bag. Hopefully you're you don't get in this situation. So basically, they struggled getting the bags together, and they finally were able to get on the flight. Well, they had to go to a whole different terminal too. Oh my gosh! Yes. It was like Home Alone the whole time. Yeah. They're like, oh, and the gate changed. Oh, it's actually in a different terminal. Terminal. You have to go and ride this Sky Train and get there, and and then they get on the plane, and <laughs> <laughs> their flight's like gonna be delayed for like an hour because something was going wrong yeah and they were like oh thank the lord uh i wouldn't have felt that way i would have been like really well and if if they would have just said okay our loss and walked without even trying the whole checked bag thing they wouldn't have even gotten into the airport to know that it's delayed an hour because the people who were on the plane trying to fix it did not relay to the front that it was a delay for an hour so, again, you don't know all the pieces, so keep trying. Maybe something can work out. It's definitely worth going back and reading her version of it. Let's just say, like, snot running down her face, but she <laughs> can't wipe it because she's carrying her sausage <laughs> luggage. So she's like... <laughs> yeah. So definitely, guys, you got it. There's still really good stuff in these books. We can touch on the most important, but... Um, I like towards the end of this, she says, You won't always be victorious. But you never know what's truly possible unless you try. 
So, you know, sometimes people surprise themselves. When I have friends going through hard times and they seem like they got it all together, like their kids are still alive and it looks like they've bathed recently, I'm like, I don't know how you're doing this given your current circumstance. And, you know, a lot of times they say, well, I don't have, like, a choice. I didn't think I could either, but there's no alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe you've been in times like that in your life and... That's not always something you want to volunteer to do, but looking back on the hard stuff you've been through can help build that confidence that you can achieve other things you haven't tried yet. All right. Okay, so Farron, think back to a time, putting you on the spot, okay. where you refused to be refused. And so all the listeners right now, I want you to t- take a minute and think about when is the time that you wouldn't back down? It could be, it could be like with a relationship where like you wanted to fight for the relationship. We're going to go to counseling. We're going to do these things. Or maybe it's for a pet project you had at work. Like, I really think this is a good idea. We're going to push it through and see what happens. So be thinking about, while Farron tells her story, what is something where you refuse to be refused and good came from it? Hmm. So, I mean, there's different times at work that... Um, You know, if there's a kiddo we're assessing that, you know, it's not clear cut, which is a lot of them. I mean, there's times that I really have to advocate for this, um, a child and the person has equally well intentions to be advocating their point. And so a lot goes into that. Um, but just really leaning on education and experience and what's best for the kid. Um, also when we were going through our, uh, miscarriages, Jacob, you know, had. I think he was trying to communicate to me that there was no pressure from him on us having a second or third uh, child. Um, so I'm going to use the phrase "giving me an out," but that's that's not. There's so much more to it. But you know, I could have just said, "Yeah, apparently we're not doing well at getting pregnant again." Um, so I guess we're just going to stop and have one kid, but, um, I really push for that more and I don't usually speak up at doctor's appointments. I probably should advocate for myself a little more based on some other things that have happened. But, um, with my OB, I was just very adamant of like, no, I want to try something, run the test, do the whatever. Um, and so two kids later praise the lord yeah that's episode 36 that's a really great example farron mm-hmm. about how well and a lot of doctors didn't want to do the method that you yeah. used and so some some of our friends who asked their ob about it the ob yeah. was like no i'm not doing that so we've actually had friends who switched ob's mm-hmm. and now are pregnant with kids yep so again that's a great example yeah Well done. It took some time to get there, but I thought of it. (laughs) It was really good. So after reading this, the flight story in the book that made me think of when we were in Guatemala and we had a weekend, like if you go on any of these, like I'm going to a study abroad school thing, they have like excursions kind of planned and that kind of thing. So we paid our money to go to Tikal, which... That's where they filmed some Star Wars episodes <laughs> or some Star Wars movies and some Jurassic Park. So that was awesome. Um, and Indiana Jones, I think, maybe too. Anyway, middle of the rainforest, and we were going to have this weekend trip. We get to the counter. Farron's ticket's not there. And so we were like, um, okay, so now we are... <laughs> 
in a foreign country. But there's a group of there's, like 25 people and everyone else. Everyone like, else had a ticket. We all went through the whole pro. It's a class, right? Like imagine you're planning a field trip and they just pull one kid's name out and say, oh, no, you're not. Not in. this kid. So all these people are so excited to go stay at like this hotel. No shame on our host family. Great. I just mentally didn't prepare for the living situations, mm-hmm. but we were going to then be living in a hotel for a few days. And I'm so excited. And everyone else is checking in, all excited. Mm-hmm. And then I get up there and they're like, your name's not here. You're not going. And they were they were adamant. They were and we adamant. were just like, where's our teacher leader? <laughs> yeah. We couldn't find that person yet. And so it was like, me, James. you, James, Jess, Kat, Miles. Yeah. We were like. I just remember James being like, Mm-mm. Look, I got a relative. We can go there. I'll stay behind. It's fine. And I was just like, no, <laughs> you should have to stay behind. <laughs> I and cried. Yeah. And they and they ended they ended up finding like, whatever. No, no, it is. no, no. Like when I started crying, I think they were expecting like her. And when like I just was sobbing, they're like, oh, not that, not that. Uh, <laughs> click, click, click. You're on. You're on. Just don't cry. It's okay. Don't cry. <laughs> I don't know. It felt like that. So. uh we got the decal. <laughs> oh my gosh! And that was I had crazy a ride in the cargo part of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Did you no. really? I was about to say, oh my gosh! Like, were we sitting by each other? Like, was I in the cargo part too, and I didn't know it? <laughs> I was strapped on top of the plane, but it was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, we were. It was, a, it was a tiny plane. It was like imagine old school Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't that's know the plane we got. We didn't get to go on the plane, but it's not like <laughs> that was just an extra thing. <laughs> There were like well, only twenty five seats in the plane. We uh, we learned a lot of life lessons on that that the month whole, away. Yes, the whole thing. That was intense. That was an intense trip. You can live on nachos and without running water for a week. Remember that? Yeah. And when the shower in the room. and the bathroom is in the living room, <laughs> <laughs> we can. It's it's just uh, we were not prepared for the culture shift, yeah. but now if we go again, we would be prepared for what to expect. Very beautiful, great. Time. Oh my goodness, people were Fun. awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good times, lots of learning, and that school was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really intense and really good, and they did live up to their. You will learn Spanish, and uh, yeah, you don't have to. Like, what you have to? They don't speak English. Oh, uh, so. Yes, again, back to refused to being refused. That was an example where I got to, I got to be a part I of that. I think everyone else was refusing for me. <laughs> I was just no, like, we will not have it. Fair. <laughs> we know for sure fair and paid. We know for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. So in the in this chapter, she also she gives great anecdotes about some peace building stuff. Um, a Nobel Prize winner. She also talks about, have you ever been in a moment where someone who is not kind and ignorant to what you're doing say something mean and hurtful? So this happened to her, (laughs) and she was like, and then Jersey Marie came out. In case you don't know Jersey Marie, that's my alter ego when I'm raged. I was like, this is awesome. So I know a lot of people out there do have a Jersey Marie nickname, so there's that. Yeah, my my Jersey Marie comes out after the fact. 
And I would have said that. Yes. And then I would have done this. Yes. <laughs> or sometimes if I'm on the phone, I do. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say. I wish you could see the video yeah. right now, y'all. <laughs> I guess it doesn't make sense if you can't see it. But just lots of gestures and angry facial expressions oh. with the kind voice on the other line. So she goes into some anecdotes like that and then how with the refusing to refuse to go away and refuse to be refused, um, that also makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever read Bob Goff's book, Love Does. So he, Bob Goff's awesome. You should look up his stuff. He has Love Does and Everybody Always. Those are two great books. One of them talks about, so he's a lawyer, but he was not always a lawyer. He goes through this great story when he was 18 he went backpacking and was like oh I don't know what I'm doing and then he goes home he ends up thinking okay I want to be a lawyer so I think it's Pepperdine that he went to I could be wrong sorry Bob but he sat outside the dean's office every single day and every time the dean walked by he would say all you have to do is tell me to go get my books and the dean would be like you missed the deadline or you didn't And he's like, well, here's my application. Here's this. All you have to do is tell me to go get my books. And every day, he sat there all day, every day, waiting on the dean. Anytime he came or went, and he said, all you have to do is tell me to buy my books. And one day, the dean just goes, just go buy your books. And he was like, heck yeah. So then he ended up enrolling, being an awesome lawyer, and now that's what he does. Um, He actually works a lot with witch doctors in Africa, um, trying to convert them and getting them to stop doing bad things. So it's, it's awesome what he has done. So again, refusing to be refused can definitely go in your favor. Marie talks about thanking the people, like the naysayers, like thanks for not believing in me because that was the fuel she needed. Uh, I don't know if you're that type of person, Farron, like if someone's like, oh, you're not going to be able to ever blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, watch me. It's not an immediate, but I get there. Mm-hmm. At first I'm like, oh my gosh, they really don't think I can do... Oh, no, it's on! <laughs> so, <laughs> Competitive side comes out. Yes, it takes a second, but I get there. Mm, eights are already there. <laughs> Tell me I can't. Watch me. <laughs> oh, or really secure fives or stressed out twos. Tell me I can't. All right, so remember another thing to think about Especially if there is someone being rude. Everyone's going to go through criticism. Everyone's going to have haters. I mean, even the most perfect guy had haters. Hey, Jesus. Um, So if Jesus had haters, we're going to have haters too, right? Because we're not above him. So she talks about how not all criticism is created equally. In January, we started Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And a lot of it talks about... Well, the whole premise is the man in the arena speech. So the people who are in your arena. So Farron, what what do you what do we yes. mean by that? Yes. So you know, there's people in the crowd, and then there's people actually in the arena, in the arena, or on the field with you. And so if you think about it, like when I go to Star- Dallas Stars hockey games, and there's someone you know in the 300 level shouting and screaming at the players, it just oh, it bothers me for many reasons, but. Ultimately, I'm like, they can't hear you. You're not making a difference. Sit down. Um, But if you think about that same situation, the professional hockey players are only listening and taking feedback from the the players on their team, their coaches that are right there with them. And so while that may seem like, duh, to us, we do that 
we listen to that person up in the cheap seats screaming at us and not taking the feedback from the people in the same arena as us. A lot of times the people in the arena with you are going to give you constructive feedback and ultimately they're cheering you on. They want you to do better. Um, But the people in the cheap seats are the ones just, you know, coming from a place of insecurity, running their mouth. Yeah. Um, Trent Shelton talks about how haters are just confused supporters. Yeah. So there's a reason you're given the attention. Is it just because you haven't figured out how to connect there? So again, everybody is going to face criticism and judgment because guess what? Someone right now is judging you for whatever the heck it is. So think about this quote is what has helped me a lot. Um, You could be the juiciest, best peach in all the world, and someone still doesn't like peaches. Mm-hmm. I am one of those who doesn't like peaches. But it's just funny how like you could be the best thing ever, but someone still doesn't like it. So you've also got to think about how uh, Marie gives the example of chocolatiers, the people who like make all the chocolate wonderful things, and they're not worried about like whatever person, the 20% who hates chocolate or is allergic to chocolate, they're focused on the people who actually want it. Yeah. Haters are going to hate. So whether you're pursuing your passion or staying at home, doing nothing, people are still going to have unkind things to say. And um, unfortunately, sometimes the haters are closer than you think. Yes. Sometimes. Unfortunately. Yeah, it can come from friends or family. And it's more than just a genuine concern and wanting what's best for you. Um, but, you know, it comes from a place of, like, attacking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just got to, you can't unfriend your family. But you just might need to have better boundaries. And, you know, friendship, too. Like, just because they've been your friend for since you were in second grade, um, I think you might be different than the person you were in second grade. So hopefully, uh, time is not like a, what am I trying to say here? Like a saves you from being excommunicated from the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, if if you're trying to check to see if your childhood friend is still serving you, when y'all get together, is all you talk about the good old days? Mm. If that's the case, how how are y'all both moving in an upward trajectory? There's a difference between. Oh, remember this one awesome time, but if we're living there and staying there and it's not serving you, that might be a reality check, which again, that's a hard pill to swallow, but are those people in the arena and is that serving you somehow? And a lot of times when negative feedback comes from those you care about, it's because they don't want to see you move on because they're afraid you're going to move on without them. Right. Which might be true. Mm -hmm. Um, but Join if they me. were your true friend and truly cared about you, they would want what's best for you. Right. And then if they wanted to remain friends, then they would hop on board. So again, if you're moving in an upward trajectory, you're aligned with what God is telling you to do, you need to keep doing that. Um, again, make sure you're seeking wise counsel, praying through it, reading your Bible, all that kind of stuff too, to just double check yourself. Make sure your own blinders didn't get, didn't get put on. Um, also remember... if. Everything you love is being judged by someone else. Like, I love macaroni and cheese. Some people hate it. Uh, a lot of people like Tom Brady. A lot of people don't. I mean, there's that doesn't make him not great or good at football. Mm-hmm. That's just how that is. Or a book. Like, some people might not like Marie Forleo's book or whatever books we come out with, but 
Are they in our arena? Yeah, some people like Nickelback and Creed, and some people don't. I love that you said that on one of the Friday Night Lives. <laughs> I didn't say who, which one of us is the one that loves that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other it's party me. didn't necessarily <laughs> say they didn't, you know. Um, yeah. Again, you're not everyone's cup of tea, and everyone's not your cup of tea, and that's why there are a million flavors of tea. So go find the tea you like. And hot chocolate. That's right. Um, I... Another thing to think about is the more you care about what others think, the more they own you. This one's hard. (laughs) I love this quote I heard. You are a slave to that which controls you. Oh. And I, you know, some of that comes from like addiction standpoint, but I think it's very applicable to caring about what others think. Yes. I do not want to be a slave to that person. I want to be respected by that person. Difference. And, yeah, recognizing that difference. And then realizing that, okay, I've tried. I'm not going to have that respect. Therefore, I'm not going to continue to be a slave to their thoughts and feedback and actions. I'm a slave for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, again. Wait, so, what? will you say the quote again? Because that's so good. You are a slave to that which controls you yes do you want to be a slave to your phone mm. and it be able to put it down mm-hmm. yes. oh that's good um remember this is just someone's point of view and if they're not in your arena then that's not a concern of yours yeah you might value your parents advice but there might be things that their advice or perspective or criticism isn't really like the best like if you're having heart problems and they're recommending you know let me do this heart surgery on you that's not going to happen you would if you were having heart problems you would go see a cardiologist right but if you were having like family problems you might go to your parents so just think about who you're going to for what right or they might be speaking into something they're not quite sure about so yes Mm -hmm. with the whole surgery but it could be like Someone trying to, someone who doesn't know how to write a book, telling someone who's writing a book how to do it. Mm. Uh, I don't, you know, they might, and they might mean well, they might just be loving you, supporting you, and they don't know what they don't know. Um, So again, take it with a grain of salt. Thank you for your consideration. I love that you care about me. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, not, you don't know what you're talking about. Quit trying to tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Get out of my business. (laughs) They're your parents. They're just trying to show you that they love you. Right. Um, And also remember, use what helps and leave the rest. A lot of times when I get feedback, I I try to look at it as, okay, what can I take from this? Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is conveying to the parent that I, blah, 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 How can I better communicate what I am doing in the classroom? Mm -hmm. How can I better communicate the difficulties their child is having? So um, sometimes even criticism from the wrong person can still serve a good purpose because you get to hear what they're perceiving. Yes. So even if you are demoing something and someone takes it a certain way, and they're not in your realm, you can at least use it as like, oh, so someone who's unfamiliar with this is getting this perception. What could I do differently to better communicate or convey what I'm trying to put out there? That's so good. Because, again, if you're a professional helping someone else, they don't know the professional side of it. So if you're saying words a certain way or 
using jargon and they're like, what? I don't, I don't know what cardiomyopathy means. Then you have to be able to use layman's terms to, you know. Yeah. So you can get something out of it all. What we want to reiterate here, though, is to not let comments deter you from going after your passions and goals. So you're going to get that criticism, but either set it to the side, take what you can from it, and move on. Mm -hmm. But just don't let it set you off track. Marie also gives three tactics on how to practice this. Step one is always consider the source. Successful people don't have to give harsh criticism because they're too busy worried about being successful. So if Farron, I'm giving you criticism, it's not going to be harsh. It's going to be constructive because I don't have time to figure out what she's doing wrong and complain and whine about it because I'm worried on me succeeding as well. So why would I bring someone else down? That's not how success works by stepping on other people. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and that, and just keep in mind that haters have nothing else better to do. Um, they're likely not as successful. Um, sometimes they have, they tend to want to bring others down. So unfortunately that's, uh, sad, but we don't have to play into it. Right. Their feedback a lot of times will come from a place of insecurity. And, you know, if you're not sure that that's true, if that's just something we say to make you feel better about yourself. Um, when you make certain comments about some pictures you see of others on social media or out in public. I can't believe she's wearing that. Yeah. Are you, you really saying to yourself, man, I wish I could wear something like that? Not mm-hmm. that you necessarily would if you could, but is it body image or yeah, what's going on there? parenting and you're like, well, at least I'm not as bad a parent as her. And so it's coming from a mm-hmm. place of... You're insecure about your parenting. We talk a lot about that in the Daring Greatly series, too. We dive into that if you want a closer look there. Uh, Another thing to keep in mind is just when you're considering the source, does the person giving the criticism, constructive or harsh or whatever, do they have anything that you respect about them? Do they have a piece of work or do they have a career that you respect? Or do they speak in a way that is something that you admire? If not, then you don't need to listen to it at all. Another thing is um, you can you can feel sad about it, but don't feel mad because she says because they just might hate their life <laughs> and they just, <laughs> they just want to bring everybody down. They probably have little empathy, compassion, emotional intelligence. They're underperforming, attention-seeking. It's like, ooh, Marie. <laughs> but if you think about it, if you think about the people who are typically like this, uh, they might not have a lot going for them, not because they got dealt a bad hand. It's because they're not doing anything with their hand. Yes. I think the five-second feelings comes into play here. I for sure. I don't think we're trying to say that these thoughts and comments don't hurt. They do hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, pretending like they don't hurt is just going to snowball effect into a big breakdown one day. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that they're painful, but then trying to rationalize giving too much time and energy to that comment. Yes, and that can be really challenging, especially if you're young in your career or young into parenthood or young into whatever, like you're green in some sort of area. Again, if I could go talk back to my younger self, I would say five-second feelings. And you can feel sad, but don't don't be mad. Don't act on it um, because they might have a little struggle going on in their lives too. The third tactic is have a good laugh. Um, she talks about 
I mean, and I've seen other people do it too. Like, look at this horrible email I got. Am I going to let this deter me? No, this would be Satan trying to attack the good thing I've got going. Yeah. Um, There are sometimes I like to say that you can't rationalize with irrational people. Yes. And so sometimes I just have to remind myself who it is that's talking, where they're coming from, and it's not worth the fight or the argument or getting into it with that person. You cannot, there are some people that there's no matter what you could do, you couldn't make them happy. So not wasting time trying to rationalize with irrational people. That also goes for toddlers. So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes if they're being just a jerk, (laughs) you just got to remind yourself that you are the adult and and, you know, don't, sometimes I do laugh at them when they're being ridiculous, but then that escalates. Yes. (laughs) But laugh about it later. Uh, Okay. So back, so to kind of close out the refuse to being refused on the bottom of page 233, she says this, if your dreams are only about personal gain, fame, money, power, you'll eventually run out of steam. Even if you do manage to reach your goal, the wind will feel shallow. You'll wonder, is that it? This is really all there is? So, I know. So it really, you've got to think about your goals, your passion, your whatever you're doing. It is serving a bigger purpose. So our bigger purpose would be we're fulfilling what God has called us to do. So even on the bad days, we lean into that. Even on the days where we've recorded way past our bedtime, or you said way past my math time one of the episodes ago because we were trying to do... Oh, yeah. We were trying to do math. So... Again, some some days are like that, or some days there we just don't have anything in the tank, but we've got to keep going. The bigger purpose is what helps us stay focused, stay on track. And also, whenever people are like, oh, you're never going to be successful, number one, let's define successful. Is success following God's calling? Yep. Are we doing that? Yep. There we go. Yep. Everything else is either a worldly view of it or something else, so... Again, you've got to find something that serves a bigger purpose. It can't be just, it can't be right in front of your nose. It's got to be something that's doing something else for other people. Um, Another person popular in the podcast self-improvement world is uh, Ed Milet. And he had Dr. Daniel Amen on his podcast recently. And he challenged Ed Milet, who feels like this different times, highly successful person, but not really feeling fulfilled. And sometimes, again, that self-critic in his head is what gets to him. And Dr. Amen refers to this as ants, which are automatic negative thoughts. Um, And he challenges you to think that you don't have to believe every thought that comes into your head. And so the way you combat that is by questioning it. Um, And I thought that was a really neat thing uh, the example he gave is, my he says, my wife never listens to me. And then, so he questions that. He could accept that and believe that and be like, yeah, she doesn't. And like, give himself permission to like, be rude to her and all these things. And she's like, what, what did I do? You know, and so instead he questions that. Does your wife never listen to you? Well, no, that's not true. And here are some examples that prove that that's false. And so he goes 
through this whole list, but ultimately, when you have these automatic automatic negative thoughts, again, ants, um, how are you going to destroy them with a raid, like a raid spray can? And <laughs> Quick, what's the acronym for raid? <laughs> I don't Really know. awesome idea-defining... That one. So just questioning the thoughts that are coming into your head instead of just being like, yeah, yeah, that must be right. So mm-hmm. she said my idea was stupid. Oh, man, it must be stupid. Instead of being like, really? Is Sally? I think Sally's stupid. Is Sally stupid? <laughs> yeah, Sally. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. That was just the first name that came in my head. Uh, so the last section is the insight to action. So here are some questions for you to think about on your drive or while you're folding clothes or while you're washing dishes or sitting there relaxing. Okay, so what's one example when you've refused to be refused and in doing so found a way around the limitation? So remember, no example is too small. Um, it could be anything from oh, what the example you gave earlier, Farron, or it could be something like you might not be able to get on the flight. The next thing we want you to think about is, have you already been refused on the path to your big dream? So if you're currently pursuing something and it is aligned with what God has called you to do, you will get pushback. It's going to happen because the devil doesn't like it when we're doing what God wants us to do. So he wants us to be distracted or throw things in our way and see what sticks. So that thought, Farron, like you were saying with Ed Milet, that thought's going to get thrown at us. Is it going to stick in our head? No. Push it away. So again, if it's not a positive thought, if it's not aligned with what the Bible says, then it's not what needs to be happening. So third thing, what positive results might occur if you challenged the authority or question the rules? Not necessarily challenge the authority, but like you can't get on the flight. Okay, what do I have to do to get on the flight? I'll do those things. Again, stay with your moral compass uh, and go from there. She gives a couple more questions and prompts to go through. But again, that's Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. This is chapter 9. And then we have the last chapter next week. Chapter 10 is The World Needs Your Special Gift. Boom. That's going to be so good. Yes. Well, guys, tune in next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.